welcome back guys to another episode of the Millie Walk Talk podcast. As always, I'm your host Armani. This is a podcast created by a Christian millennial for Christian millennials to bring about guidance, healing, and purpose via transparent and authentic conversations. As always, the goal here is to one, make and keep Jesus cool, and to two, give millennials a platform to help us navigate through life following Jesus in a world where Jesus isn't always popular. As Armani said, welcome to Millie Walk Talk, the podcast. I am Deshira, the producer, and this week I'll be doing our testimony for the week. So welcome, and I'm so glad you guys joined us. So I'm going to jump right in and get right into the episode. So for my Millie moment, um, I would like to be super transparent with you guys as usual. Um, my Millie moment really came... Because I, as I've talked about on the podcast before, um, I was in transition to try to just figure out what God had next for me. And I ended up um, getting accepted into seminary. Yay! And I am in the process, literally in the process of moving to Dallas, Texas, literally as we speak. So my Millie moment came when everybody began reaching out to try to see me for one last time, I had a piece, a little friend who I used to talk to and who I've cut off numerous times, but didn't really. And it was just a choice of I could go see this person and fall back into a pattern that if I'm starting this new journey and this new life, um, it's not good for me, or I could exercise the self-control and the strength that God has given me and not give into the pressure of wanting, wanting instant gratification. So I chose to be obedient and to continue on the straight and narrow, I'll say. And I just pretty much, I did respond back to his messages, but I was just like, you know, this isn't where I am in life anymore. And, you know, I still got love for you, but I don't need to see you before I leave. Like, we're all good. So that is my Millie moment to just even when it's tough, continue to practice self-control. Don't give in to instant gratification because I promise waiting through that instant gratification to what God has for you is going to be much better. So let's jump right into this testimony. So I won't have you guys here for long, I promise. But I just want to share with you guys my journey because although right now I'm on my way to seminary, your girl was not always like this. And I've told you guys that many times, but as I speak to my friends and everybody just tells me how proud they are of me and how much I've grown, I'm really starting to recognize that I used to be out here doing anything, like really just doing anything. And it's crazy because somebody said that we knew you followed Jesus, but 
you weren't the best example of it at the time. And it was just like, dang, I really used to live uh, on the fence life. Like, literally, my friend said, I remember days that on Saturday night, you would be out 2 o'clock in the morning in the club on somebody's couch, drinking, smoking, having it up. And then Sunday morning, you'd be looking like a Sunday school teacher on the ch- going to church. And so that was... It was funny initially, but when I began to think about it, it was just like, dang, that was really the example I was setting. And not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just like, if I'm telling people not to be lukewarm, if I'm telling people to live the right way for God, like, I have to live that out loud. As our church always says, we have to be the salt and the light of the world. And it's just like, you have to be the example that you want people to follow. So with me... It really was a journey to where I am today. Um, When I was in middle school, elementary school, high school, I went to private school. So I was in chapels every week, youth group every Friday, church every Sunday, Sunday school, everything you can think of. And I was very inquisitive about the Bible. I wanted to know everything in the Bible. I wanted to know every scripture. Like I was in tune for a teenager but I wasn't completely walking the straight and narrow and doing what God asked of me so of course when I got a little bit of freedom when I went to college I completely fell off I stopped going to church literally in my four years of college I probably went to church maybe six or seven times and it was just like I could tell the difference like Making decisions on my own and doing what I wanted to do had my life in shambles. Putting me in situations that I know had I been doing what God asked me to do and continuing my relationship with him and growing my relationship with him and not just having a routine morning and night prayer, I wouldn't have endured half the situations I put myself through. So... Like I said, in college, relationship with God was daggone near non-existent, except for when I needed him. And it was hard to get back. So when I graduated from college, I joined the program at First Baptist Church of Gennard in Queen Esther. That began to change my life. I didn't see it, but the people around me saw it. And it was affecting the people around me. And that's one thing that I can say about this Christian journey And I've said this before, but a lot of the things that happen in your life or a lot of the things that you may go through aren't necessarily for you. Sometimes God could be putting you in those situations, in those places, in those spaces to build the people around you. For me, joining the Queen Esther um, ministry was like a domino effect. When I started to grow my relationship with God and try to be better because once again still out here wilding um it it was a ripple effect in my friendships and my family um my best friend began to really grow her relationship with God which took an effect on her friends and it was just like God was using me to deepen the roots of his relationships with everybody around me and it was a good feeling to know that God was using me. But I was still 
lukewarm, teeter-tottering on the fence, doing what I wanted to do, doing what God asked me to do sometimes, I can be completely honest and say that I was not obedient. I was not available. I was, God, I did give my life back to you. I want to do what you asked me to do, but I want to do it on my time. And as Armani always says, delayed obedience is disobedience. And that's what I was doing. I was being disobedient. Um, I was drinking and smoking all the time, having sex all the time with people that I know that I should not be dealing with. And it was just like, I was like, okay, as long as you do this, things are going to keep happening. You're going to keep being disappointed. Your life is going to continue being in shambles. And it was just one day that I was just like, bro, I can't take this anymore. Like, it, it, it was just a day that I felt so low. I just slept with a guy that I had been dealing with for years, and it was a toxic situation. It was literally the worst situation that I could have ever been in in my entire life. And God had told me multiple times to leave him alone, to leave the situation. But I, 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 I did not want to. I was not ready to be open, obedient, and available to God. And... On that day, I'll never forget it. It was August 17th, 2017. I was at my lowest of lows. I was crying. I was upset. And I was just like, God, I can't do this my way anymore. I cannot. It's it's hard. It's sad. It's depressing. Like, I can't do Deshir's way anymore. And that's the day that I decided to be celibate. And I truly think the first step up to... Reaching God's mountain of purpose for my life was joining Queen Esther. The second step was becoming celibate and leaving that relationship behind. And in choosing to be celibate, it allowed me to focus on God. It allowed me to focus on myself. It allowed me to see myself for the first time in years. And I'm not going to say that everything got immediately better after I became celibate. And I just immediately went to the straight and narrow path doing everything God told me to do. Heck no. Literally, y'all, within within those two years from 2017 to 2020, I just, I was still kind of teeter-tottering, but I was slowing down and I was really like, okay, God, I'm going to build my relationship with you. I'm going to focus on you because... It's just not worth it anymore to make these choices that I know aren't pleasing to you because it's like, number one, I'm getting older. Number two, it's just like everything that I am choosing to do is not working. So it's just like maybe your way is the best way. Maybe what you're asking me to do will give me better results than what I can do for myself. So... Change really began to happen in 2019. Um, I pretty much, I slowed down on everything that I was doing. Like, I was really focused on doing what God asked me to do for the most part. And I say for the most part because I still had my eyes. I want to do this. I think this is what God is calling me to do. I, I, I. And the eyes are what got me in trouble. And it's not bad trouble, but it's just like, When you try to control your life and when you try to be God in your life, it doesn't work out. And not saying that when God is in control of your life, your life won't be in shambles. Not saying that 
when God is in control of your life, things won't be hard. But when he's at the center of it all, when he's walking ahead of you, beside you, behind you, it is easier to endure. So I wanted to move to Houston so bad last summer. I was forcing the crap out of this move. I was praying like, God, please provide the funds so that I can move. Da, 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 da. And it was just not working out. And God was just like, be patient, be patient. And I couldn't be patient because this is what I wanted. So finally around August, End of uh, end of July, August, my grandfather passed, and every thought of moving ceased. And at that point, it wasn't just moving ceased. My prayers stopped. My reading the Bible stopped. My complete hopefulness stopped. If I said that correctly, like I had no hope, I had no joy, I had nothing. My grandfather was my everything. And I've said this on episodes before. My grandfather was my everything. He was my best friend. Like he was my biggest supporter. And I was just like, God, how dare you? Like, you know, the things that I've lost, like I've lost relationships. I've lost jobs. I've lost a parent. Like, you know, the things that I've lost and you're going to do this. Like I'm done with you. And It wasn't until I had a conversation with somebody and they pointed out the fact that I had lost my hope, um, that I really was just like, I don't know what to do anymore. Like I am at a place that I, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to live in control. I don't want to be my own God. I don't want to do any of it anymore. Like I'm tired of teeter tottering. I'm tired of going back and forth. I'm tired of basically playing tug of war with God for my life. So I watched Michael Todd's crazy faith and I sat there and I weeped for a good hour. I just cried and it was like disgusting cry, like literally crying till I literally had no energy know anything left in my body. And I was just like, God, I need you. I literally just said, God, I need you. Like, I can't do this anymore. And I I have a little sticky note of some stuff that I wrote down. And I'm just like, God, like, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. And I feel like in that moment, that is when God was like, this is what I wanted. I needed you to need me. I needed you to realize that you cannot be in charge of your own life. Yes, you can have desires. Yes, you can have wants. But my will and my purpose for your life are going to take you much further than your wants and your needs and what you think you have planned for your life. So from August till about December, I was intentional with everything I did. I read my Bible more. I sought wise counsel more. I listened to my pastor more. And not to say I didn't listen to him before, but I listened and applied the messages. And I began to see a change. I began to see the change that everybody had been seeing within me for a while. And everybody always points out your growth, but sometimes it's hard to see it for yourself. And for me, it was just like things that I used to love doing, things 
hanging out with people that weren't always the best for me, but they were a good time. I had no desire to do any of those things. And it was just like, my constant prayer was change me, Lord. Like the song by Tamala Mann, Change Me, was literally my theme song for the last part of 2019. And it was, that's exactly what God was doing. He was changing me from the inside out. And it wasn't until the January fast end with the first Baptist at Glen Arden that I noticed that I'm not who I used to be. And I did that fast with the utmost intentionality. I did that fast stepping into it, knowing that God is going to move in my life during this fast. So I began to just pray earnestly for God's will to be done in my life, for his purpose to take over my life, for me to get out of the way and just let him do what he's going to do. I vowed to be open, obedient, and available to God. And through that, as I told you guys before, God shared with me that he wanted me to preach and teach. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm with it. So I went to our youth pastor and I, he was just like, pray and ask God what are next steps. God said, prepare. So I began to take the classes at First Baptist Glenard and how to study the Bible with Miss Hawkins and survey of the Old Testament with another lady. Oh my gosh, I cannot remember her name. But if you ever want to take Bible courses, how to study the Bible with Miss Hawkins, Hopkins, I'm sorry, forgive me y'all, with Miss Hopkins is the best class that you can take. Being able to truly understand the origin of words and how they were put together and what they truly mean and what scripture truly means was eye-opening. It began to build a foundation and prepare me for what God's next steps were. All because I decided to be obedient, open, and available. And and those classes lasted from March till the end of May. And when they ended, God had prepared me in a way that I was like, you know, this foundation has been laid, but I want to begin to, you know, build the the steps to my mountain of purpose. Like, I want to get to the top. And because I just began to pray and ask God, like, what do you want from me? What What's next? Because I was at this point, I, I wanted more from God. Like I wanted to hear more. I wanted to learn more. I wanted to basically immerse myself in him and, and just allow him to use me because the feelings that I got and the fulfillment that I got from learning in those classes was unmatched, honestly. And God put it on my heart to begin looking for new jobs because I'm a teacher and I was over being in the classroom. I was done. So I ended up on a search for like youth mentoring jobs because I do youth mentoring at church. So I said I was a teacher. I was a high school teacher. I love working with teenagers. They get on my last nerves, but I love them. I would move mountains for those kids. And I found this mentoring program in Dallas. And I was just like, man, God, like, I really want this job. This is perfect. So I applied to the job and I didn't hear anything back immediately. Actually, I never heard anything back. So with that, I began to pray like, okay, God, like, what do you have for me? And at that time, I had not thought about moving out of state again since my Houston endeavors, I'll say. And, um, 
I was watching a sermon by a guy named Judas Smith called I Think God Spoke to Me. And I remember it so vividly because it, it was May 22nd. And as he was explaining the way God speaks to us and how it's not an audible voice all the time, it can be through just a, a, a prompt in your mind, an impression on your spirit. God said, I want you to apply to Dallas Theological Seminary. And I was just thinking like, seminary, what? You are tripping. Mind you, it's not far-fetched because all my friends call me Pastor Deshir, Pastor Didi, Pastor Gilbert, Sister Gilbert. So it wasn't super far-fetched. It was just like, I, once again, it was the eyes. I did not want to um, initially. So within a couple minutes, I started doing research and I'm like, this is it. This is how I continue to build that foundation to my mountain of purpose. This is how I grow. This is how I m move and work in the purpose that God has given me. But at the same time, I'm like, yo, it's a pandemic. This is in Dallas. What in the world? And I just begin to pray. And I'm just like, God, if this is what you want for me, like provide the funds, provide the apartment provide the provide the everything and literally within days things just started falling into place like I applied um my application went through super fast so I applied May 29th um by the first of June like two weeks later I had heard back and I was accepted God was literally blessing me financially it was super easy to find an apartment. Like everything was flowing so easy and so well. And I just kept thinking like, wow, what, like what's different about this year versus last year when I wanted to move to Houston? What's different now in my decision making than years ago when I wanted to do different things? Like why is everything working so easily and flowing so easily for me now? And I just realized that when you're available to God and you're obedient and you accept his assignments and what he asks of you, God will bless you. And it may not be immediate because as I've said before, like my trial season and my storm season was terrible. Like it was wild. It was a very, very long, wild, drawn out, long suffering season. And God was like, okay, she's learned enough. She's had enough. And now it's time for me to bless her. And that blessing came through obedience. And it wasn't just a material blessing. It wasn't a, I can see it in my hand blessing. It was a spiritual blessing. It was a healing blessing. It really was just being available and having God speak to me. That was the biggest blessing of them all. Like just knowing that I had grown so much that I could discern God speaking to me and I could discern what he wanted me to do and how he wanted me to do it. And that was just the best feeling, honestly, just to know that, you know, my experience wasn't for anything. And the best part about it is like, I can relate my journey to scripture. So in Hosea 
chapter 1, verses 3. I'm sorry, in Hosea chapter 1 through chapter 3, um, God talks to Hosea and God tells Hosea to marry a prostitute. And he tells Hosea that this prostitute is going to leave him multiple times, cheat on him with other men. Um, she's going to love other people. She's going to do all of these things. But Hosea, you are still going to love her. You are still going to treat her with the utmost respect. You are still going to be there for her because I have chosen her for you. And initially when I read this, I'm like, God, what does this have to do with my life? And in chapter two, God compares Hosea's wife to Israel and how multiple times Israel turned their back on God, but God still loved them. God still rescued them. And that was my story. Multiple times I had turned my back on God, did what Deshira wanted to do, pick the eyes instead of the God's plans. I hope that sounded right, but really that's what it was. And it was just like, no matter what I did, God still loved me. No matter how many times I messed up, God still kept me. No matter what I did, his grace was still available. His mercy was still available. Like all because he chose me from the day that I was knit in my mother's womb. God chose me and he was going to wait for me. Until I decided to get it together, he was going to wait for me. And now I've decided to get it together and I've decided to be open, obedient, and available. Just like Hosea's wife did. She came back just like Israel did. They came back and God blessed them even though they didn't deserve it. And that's the biggest thing for me in this situation. It's like, I did not deserve it, but here I am blessed and literally highly favored as my faves, the Clark sisters like to say. And it's not by anything that I've done, any strength of anything that I've done. Yes, obedience played a part, but it's because God loves me. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. And I really hope that this is helpful because just know that even if you have made so many bad decisions in your life, even if you think you are so far from God loving you, God loves you. He is a forgiving God. He is a merciful God. He is a grace-giving God. All you have to do is talk to him. All you have to do is be obedient. All you have to do is be available. And I promise you, out of that, you will receive the wisdom of God, the strength of God, the self-control, the guidance, the purpose, everything that you are looking for from God, he will give it to you. He's just asking for your time. He's just asking for you to release control and let him do what he's going to do. So I love you guys. I hope that you enjoyed this. Let's have a quick word of prayer and then we'll hear from Mani. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for each and every ear that is listening to this podcast, Lord God. I thank you that they came here to hear from your vessel, from your instrument, Lord God. I just pray that whoever is listening to this that is in need of grace, whoever is listening to this that is in need of mercy, in need of love, in need of comfort, in need of peace, Lord God, I pray that you will bless them from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, Lord God. Lord God, you are alpha and omega beginning and the end the head and not the tail lord god you know everything that is going to happen in our life before it happens and 
when we choose you, God, you love us no matter what. You love us in the good. You love us in the bad. Lord God, so I pray that whoever is listening to this will accept your love, will accept your grace, will accept your mercy, Lord God. You died for us to have these things. You gave your life so that we could be saved. So, Lord God, I just pray that you will bless this person and whatever they need, whether it be financial, whether it be emotional, whether it be spiritual, Lord God, I pray that you will bless them and keep them. In your name I do pray. Amen. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right, Millies. That's a wrap. So thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the Millie Walk Talk podcast. As always, if you're interested in coming on and being a guest and talking about anything, sharing your testimony, or just giving a revelation or a word that God has given you, just go ahead and shoot us an email or a DM. Our Instagram is Millie Walk Talk Podcast. That's M I L L I W A L K T A L K Podcast. Our Twitter is Millie Walk Talk. Email Millie Walk Talk Podcast. And our website is, is MillieWalkTalk.com. <laughs> yeah, so thanks for joining us, guys. And we look forward to, uh, for you guys to join us another week. Bye.